0: Room 4048, where I teach one of my classes in University Hall at Montclair State University in Upper Montclair, is my healing shrine. And tell me if this is true for you. I cannot tell you how many days I'm going to school, and I have a cough, and I have a headache, and I don't feel energized, and I feel nauseous. And I say, all I have to do is get in front of the kids. All I, as soon as that happens, an hour and 15 minutes later, I'm cured. And we are so lucky because it is about others. It's about others.
1: Welcome to the Never Stop Getting Better podcast powered by Guardian Caps. Guardian Caps are a one-size-fits-all helmet cover that help reduce impact for your players during practice. Coach Perry is a huge proponent of Guardian Caps after using them at Pearl High School, and it was one of the first football items he purchased when taking the job at Nixon. Caps are mandated by the NFL for O-line, D-line, linebackers, tight ends, and running backs, and utilized by over 270 colleges over 3,000 high schools, and over 600 youth programs across the country. As helmets become more and more expensive, the Guardian Caps also do a great job of protecting your helmet investment. See the link in our show notes for more information on Guardian Caps. In each episode, John takes you on a journey of growth, learning, and endless improvement. Whether you're an athlete, coach, or someone simply just striving to get better, this podcast is for you. Now, here's your host, John Perry. All
2: right, today's guest. I have a Super, super surprise for you. That's going to make us all better. Um, He's one of the most outstanding humans on the face of the earth. And his name is Dr. Rob Gilbert. If If you've followed me for any amount of time, you know who Dr. Rob Gilbert is. He is the founder creator of the success hotline amongst all types of other things he's done. He's a sports psychologist at Montclair State went to work there. I think it was 1979. So we're working on 44 years. Um, A professor at Montclair State started the success hotline over 32 years ago. Now, one of the first things we're going to get into is the success hotline just because of the story that revolves around that. But um, Dr. Gilbert is somebody that has helped me tremendously. He's helped a ton of folks. Like And I know there's no way you have any idea how many people you've impacted over the course of your lifetime, because so many times you impact people and they never reach out to you and let you know, you know, it kind of goes unnoticed. Well, I just want to be one of those that make sure you understand how much you have impacted me. And let's start with this success hotline. Why did you create it and how have you been able to sustain that? over 11, we're over 11,800 episodes. And my guess is have never missed a day, correct?
0: No, no, I've never missed a day. Why did but you delete I, I, it? But, I, but I've never missed a day of brushing my teeth easily. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so way back in 19, oh, when was it? 1992, um, uh, before I got to Montclair State, I, I was a graduate student at UMass and I was a wrestling coach at a high school and I was a maniac coach just like you are and would work out five, six, seven days a week. I had my own wrestling mats where I lived and the kids would come over. And um, uh, and then I realized that when my graduate class in sports psychology, I only met him once a week. And I said, well, um, this isn't going to work once a week. So I said, how could I be with him every day, uh, even though i only going to see him once a week? Then I said, well, I could leave him a, a phone message. And this is on an old fold and answering machine. And I got a three-minute endless loop tape. And every day, I was only planning on doing it for my class for 14 weeks. That's how long the semester was. But by the end of the 14 weeks, I had people from all over the world calling it. So I, I kind of changed that.
2: Well, let me ask you this, you know, like, and I do like, I you know, anytime I give a presentation or a speech or a talk, man, I blast the success hotline because what a great way to start your day, you know, with, with, you know, being able to put a positive message inside your head to start your day. Like, you know, like that is absolutely huge. How hard, you know, and now you say you've brushed your teeth every single day. And I'm going to be honest with you, doc, I've probably missed a day or two. I ain't going to lie. You know, like, If I was out and about or I was, I ain't gonna lie to you. My wife could vouch for that. Like I've I've missed a day or two. So how in the world, 32 years, never missed a day? Like there's been days you've been sick. There's probably been days you've been in the hospital. There's probably been days you've been busy. Like how have you
0: sustained that without missing a day? Well, coach, before we get to that, aren't you kind of disappointed and my level of energy today. <laughs> I mean, I'm, well, I'm, you know, I know you don't want to say something, but this doesn't work. You know, I got to be like this, you know, I can't be like I've been in the last couple of minutes. And that's just the choice. You know, it's just the choice. So the, the sometimes when I give a talk, I start, you know, and they introduce me and they say motivation, this or that. And then I get up and say, Oh, thank you very much, Coach Barry. <laughs> <laughs> say, uh, let me ask you a question: How much longer can you stand me talking like that? And so that's a whole thing. That you don't have to be the tallest, you don't have to be the best looking, you don't have to be the most skilled or the most experienced. Anybody could bring energy, and that's the most important thing. And uh, I was, I was, I was trying to drive you a little crazy at the very beginning. Maybe I wasn't acting unenergized enough. But no. you know, that's the thing. Ben, as we were talking about before, um, you and I are very, very fortunate because what is the one best technique to motivate yourself? The one best thing to motivate yourself is motivating others. So every day we're around kids that need motivation. And so when they get motivated, we get motivated. So it, it's sort of like, um, you know, trying to catch a butterfly when you're when you're going to do they have these butterfly cathedrals or whatever they call them butterfly sanctuaries where they have thousands and thousands of butterflies you ever see one of those
2: yeah i've been to one
0: yeah so when you say oh i want that beautiful butterfly you know i want them to land on my shoulder and you try to get, but when you just stay still they just might come to you so it's the same thing with this it's about others and i don't know about you but um, they say that Lords in France is a healing shrine that people that are really sick go there and they get magically healed well room 4048 where I teach one of my classes in University Hall at Montclair State University in Upper Montclair is my healing shrine and tell me if this is true for you I cannot tell you how many days I'm going to school and I have a cough and I have a headache and I don't feel energized and I feel nauseous and I say, All I have to do is get in front of the kids. As soon as that happens, an hour and 15 minutes later, I'm cured. And we are so lucky because it is about others. It's about others. Uh, We're taping this on Father's Day. And what's Father's Day? Father's Day, even if you're a father, it's still about your father. It's not about you. And and, in our culture, we have, you know, as they say, it, it's the name on the front of the uniform, not on the name on the back of the uniform. And we haven't. And it's really, really tough to teach the kids that because they get their grades all by themselves. They get into college. You know, you you could have a four time state champion team and the the seniors have won the state championship four times in a row. But none of those kids are going to get into college as a group. It's all one at a time. So our culture is kind of weird giving dual messages, but I'm absolutely sure that it's about others. Because when you want to motivate yourself, motivate somebody else. If you want to be happy, make somebody else happy. My longtime secretary, who's no longer with us, Angel Herbert, gave me a great gift. There was this um, bakery in Montclair and she loved the cinnamon twist. And whatever day I felt absolutely horrible I stopped at the bakery, got the cinnamon twists. Never ate them. Gave them to Angel. She was happy. I was happy. So it's really not a. It's really not a complicated formula. If you want to be motiva- motivated, motivate somebody else. If you want to be happy, make somebody else happy.
2: Doc, I'm a hundred percent in agreement. Um, you know, like in my personal life, when I was younger, and I thought coaching was all about me. You yeah. know, and I thought it was all about winning and you know, making myself happy, you know, like we were average at best, you know, and when the, you know, when a few things happened in life and things kind of took a twist and the intention moved to serving those kids, helping those kids, mentoring those kids, trying to make them better humans, all of a sudden we got better at football, you know, like it was absolutely amazing how life changed, you know, like, The skies parted, you know. Like life is better when you serve other people, and you know, to your, I'm I'm still, I'm going back to the, I get you. Now, your your energy level when we started, it wasn't very good. Okay, and I was going to give you a pass because it's early in the morning. So I'm like, maybe he's not feeling good. Maybe he don't want to do this. Maybe he's. So I'm giving you a pass, right? You've earned it, but trust me, I did understand. Because one of the things that you have coached me to do in some presentations is start off very, very slow and sluggish, you know, so that the people think, Oh my gosh, have I got to listen to this dude for 30 minutes and then flip the switch? And they're like, Okay, so then you sound good. Flip the switch, no doubt. All right, 32 years. How, I mean, seriously, I know it's about serving others, I know it's about giving the message to other people, but how you know like okay i did a deal this year where i started on january the 2nd and i was going to put out a little 1% message every single day you know and i was kind of you know you're you're you know one of my mentors and i'm going to put this 1% message out every day i did it for 121 days 121 days and like man like i'm telling you i had to conclude it like i it was it started to occupy so much of my mind having to come up with new ideas and having to, that I just, man, it was, it was tough. Okay. So I'm sitting here like we're over 11,000 800 messages. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, honestly, there's got to have been some days early on where you were like, I don't know, man. Like, did you ever doubt that you could do that? Or, you know, like when, when oh, have you been in a tough situation where it was tough to record it?
0: I have a former client of mine. He is, well, I'll give you his name. His name is Bob Bly. He's a business writer and he's written over, he's written over a hundred books. And these are not, these are real business marketing. The guy's a genius. And when he when I first started working with him, um, he um, he wanted to start doing a hotline. So he, you know, he has all the information in the world, but he wanted to do it for business people on marketing. I said, perfect. You know? So um after a few weeks, he said, "I'm quitting," and and I said, "Why are you quitting?" He said, "I can't write out three or four hundred words every day," and I said, "Who writes it out? You don't have to write it out." So here's the thing: that it's it's just the perspective you have. Um, as for the ideas, knowing that tomorrow morning at seven thirty I have to have a message, that's like that's like a, an empty folder. Okay. And we'll get back to that. And I have to fill that folder. I have nature abhors, nature hates a vacuum. So I know that the universe or God or my mind or whatever is going to give me something that's the perfect message for tomorrow. And am I saying that every day I get the message from the universe with a perfect message when I get a lot of messages? So that's one thing. Let me tell you when I first learned that when I was in graduate school, I was taking a seminar course on cardiovascular disease. And the way the course worked is there were about 12 or 13 students and everybody would have two and a half hours of the class to present their paper. I mean, you know, two and a half hours, I've never done two and a half hours. So this is in the spring semester and I'm home in Boston uh, in my boyhood home. And I wake up one morning in a cold sweat. I said, I only have five weeks. I mean, you know, they think, oh my God, are you kidding me? How am I ever going to do this? And then I had to do something right then. So I asked my mom for a manila folder, and she had one. And I started carrying it around. And in the lip, right up here, it said cardiovascular disease. And she said, well, at breakfast, she said, what are you doing with the folder? I said, well, I have to. I told her the whole story, and I'm going to carry this around with me as a constant and continuous reminder. You know, I can't go another five weeks. And so I came, um, I went out for a walk. I came back and she said, oh, she ripped uh, out of Rita's Digest. Remember Rita's Digest? She ripped an article on cardiovascular disease out of Rita's Digest. I put it in there. You know, later I saw my friend Eddie. He calls me later after he says, what are you doing with the folder? And he calls me up. He said, you know, that project tonight on the educational station, uh, channel 13, there's going to be a, uh, a, a program on cardiovascular disease. So nature abhors the back. So things start filling up. So I know one thing for sure. If I gave you and your wife a beautiful, ornate birdcage, but I say, coach, you cannot put a bird in the birdcage. Somebody will give you a bird. (laughs) So that's the whole thing. And secondly, and I please, uh, you know, you're going to think I'm an egomaniac, but just try to understand this. When I do my hotline message, I feel like I'm changing the world. I really do. I feel like I I don't think I'm going to, you know, help the the crisis between Russia and Ukraine. But I think that I'm going to impact either the world or somebody's world. And I really, really, really feel that. Now, here's the truth. Do I have data that supports that claim? No. Every class, I think I'm going to change these kids' lives. Do I have data? But that doesn't matter. It matters what I think, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, man, I I think, and, and guess what? I might change the world because one of my hotline callers just happens to be a United States senator named Cory Booker. So, I mean, he might become president. He ran for president last time. Who knows? So um, so that's what we're talking about. So it's all perspective. And it's, you know, it's a fun game. Do you remember Willie Stargell? Yep. Yeah. So he was a legendary, I think he was a captain of the pirates, but he was one of these you know, leaders that was out there. And once a sports writer said, Willie, you're alive every day. You play so well. You're a leader. You're the captain. How do you do it? He said, very simple. I just listened to what the umpire says before, after they play the national anthem. So after they play the national anthem, what do they say? Play ball. He (laughs) said, the umpire doesn't say work ball. They says play ball. He said, I go to the ballpark to play. So this is all a game. (laughs) And, and, And look at, you know, we're all playing a game. And look at who makes a lot of money. People in plays. People who play roles in movies. People who play professional sports. Wow. People who play music. You know, like Bruce Springsteen, for a guy that can't sing, is doing pretty well. <laughs> because people like the way he plays because he plays with energy. So, and he plays with enthusiasm. So, let's talk about the word enthusiasm. E N T H U S I A S M. oh I'm, I'm showing the screen it's <laughs> so, alright I'm seeing it <laughs> so IASM is capitalized and you cannot have enthusiasm without IASM and IASM stands for I am sold myself I am, so we've talked so many times what I'd like to do I, I don't know if, if I ever related this story to you do you know the pots and pans story with Zig Ziglar
2: uh come on with it i don't know if i do
0: what okay, i don't so zig ziglar grew up in yazoo city mississippi yep and uh he went to college he got out of college and way back then there was a profession called door-to-door sales hmm. you know i mean you could actually it was a profession nowadays you knock on somebody's door they don't know you they call the police but back then they'd open the door and i you do you remember that yeah and I mean, I used to love when when the encyclopedia salesman came in. And, I mean it was so much fun. So anyway, um, Zig graduates from college and, and gets a job selling high-end pots and pans door to door. And they think this guy's going to be a superstar. Well, after they put him through the training and they put him on the road, I mean he goes about a whole month without selling any of the product. And so the guy that hired them, the VP in charge of sales, tells the boss, "Hey, look, I'm going to go down to Yazoo City and spend a spend a day with this guy Zig, or see what's happening." So he spends a whole day with them. Then they have dinner together. He said, "Zig, your presentation's perfect. I mean, you're you know, you look the part. Yeah. I, I, but here's, I got a question for you, Zig. Do you own our pots and pans?" And Zig said, well, 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 sir, as soon as I get enough money together, as soon as I start making enough sales, that's the first thing I'm going to buy. Mm-hmm. He said, that's the problem, Zig. You're not sold yourself. It's not enough for you. If it's not enough for you to buy them, why would it be enough for somebody else to buy? Them? Mm. So we have to be sold ourselves. So suppose uh, um, that I, well, I'm not married, but suppose I were married and we moved to a new city. And um and we're looking for a new church. And every Sunday we go to a different church. So what is going to be the difference that makes the difference in figuring out what church? Is it gonna be how comfortable the seats are or how beautiful the church is? Or, you know, I think it's gonna be the minister. I think it's gonna be the minister. And I'm not saying that he has to be like, you know, like Bruce Springsteen, I said, wasn't great as, uh, as singer. He doesn't have to be the greatest speaker, but I have to believe that he believes, you know, I have to believe that he believes. So every semester at Montclair State, just like you, I get evaluated. And uh, but that's not the evaluations. It's going to determine when I retire. I ask my students at the end of any semester, every, every, uh, the end of every semester, on a scale one to 10, 10 high and one low, rate me on how much do you believe I believe in what I'm saying? How much do you believe I believe what I'm saying? It's not whether you believe it, it's whether you believe I believe it. And when my scores go down in that, I realize I'm losing my edge. I don't have the energy anymore. I'm getting too old. But as of I'm 76 and it's going okay. But that's a key thing. So if you're gonna, your friend Randy, fast and wide. Yep. I mean, if I'm selling fast and wide, I have to believe in fast and wide you know, if you're going to put a new routine, suppose you buy a new piece of equipment for your weight room, you know, you get a concept two rower and you know, your kids have to believe that this is the greatest piece of cardiovascular uh, training equipment in the world. Now, it doesn't matter whether the research shows it's true. It matters whether you believe it's true. And then if you believe it's true. So I believe my success hotline is going to change people's lives. And as I said, has it with a few people? Yeah, a few people. But it's, you know, it, but the thing is, I it's it's like we go to a Disney movie. We believe it's true. If the person next to you said, "These are cartoons. Somebody drew them. That's not really Mickey Mouse. That's not really Snow White." It's, "Shut up, I'm, I'm, I'm a <laughs> grown People say, "Look at, I mean, you just do this cute little thing. You're not helping anybody." I said, "Shut up. You know, let me play right. my little game myself." Well, let me. You know, I coached I coach wrestling a little, little, little tiny school. We only graduated 90 kids a year and <laughs> half of them were boys. So we didn't have them. But I I thought I was going to change the world, you know.
2: Well, let me give you this, Doc, in, in, in a little bit of proof of how you may be influencing the world a great deal. And you're not going to have, this is not going to ring a bell, I'm sure. Message 9,903. It was March the third, 2018. I tune in. I don't that's not I don't know when I started listening. Okay, but it was obviously before that. But that message that day, and you do not have a clue, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: I know that was funny. Okay. So not
0: only do I don't know what nine thousand nine hundred and thirty was, I don't even remember what I was doing in two thousand. <laughs> oh I think I do. Well, oh, no, no, no. That was well before COVID. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. No, I have no well, me.
2: this message comes on about the lion being the king of the jungle.
0: Oh, that's right. Uh, I like that one. Not
2: because it's the tallest, not because it's the strongest, not because it's the biggest, but because it will hunt. It will hunt. Okay, so for uh, a dude who played college football and was undersized, and not super athletic, you know, and for a, you know, a high school football coach that has always, you know, had this voice, you know, do you belong, you know, like that message hit me different than any other message I've heard in that, you know, like you don't have to be the best, you know, like you just got to get up and go every day. You just got to go. You got to go hunt every single day of your life. And as a football coach, that's all I want my team to do. I've never I've never went out there with a football team that was the most overly talented team in the entire state. Okay? But if those jokers when that ball is kicked off will hunt, that's all I mean that that's all I care about. You know what I'm saying? Like let's go get it. So, you know, sometimes your message is changing the world because that message you know made a huge difference with me you know and now let me ask you this there's a couple well, more let's
0: just stay with that for a second that's yeah. why it's an important thing because that's what's called a significant important em- emotional event an sce and when you have a significant emotional event my favorite coach my favorite new quote is it only takes one key to unlock the castle and that means you only need one idea you only need one book one seminar one mentor you know, somebody says one thing, you meet one person <clears throat> and, it could, and it could change your life. Sure. So I have um, uh, a woman, I, I think you know her, Kimberly Eagles from Ontario. Yep. And you should have her on the podcast. And she has this amazing story. She She used to talk about performance anxiety. She used to pass out before she had to give talks in high school. And then in college, she dropped out of college twice because she didn't want to take speech classes. And then through Brian Kane, she met me. And one day I said something to her and it changed her life. And she said, you know, Kimberly, confidence is not a feeling. It's an action. You know, once you start acting confident, you'll start feeling confident. But if you are waiting to feel confident before you act confident, that's not going to happen. Hmm. And the other night she was on my cl- uh, Zoomed into my class. She was as good as any talk show host, uh, talk show guest I've ever seen. She was she was fabulous. But let, let's let's give the coaches out there something that let, let's take the lion story. So the lion, the cheater, is faster than the lion. The rhinoceros is bigger and stronger than the lion, but the lion will not back down. It will keep chasing the cheater. It will keep. So anyway, uh, here's how you do it, coaches. Get on Amazon or any other place. Get these small mirrors and put these mirrors in brown paper bags. And one day maybe right before a big game you give everybody uh the bag and staple the bag shut do not open the bag do not open the bag because this is the most important test of your life then you just as coach uh, perry said you say uh what, what you almost call the uh king of the jungle and somebody will say the lion and why is the lion the king of the jungle then you give coach uh, perry's answer And then you say, you know, that's true. And I want us to be lions today and have the heart of a lion today. But here's the test. Zoologists, people that study animals have found there are only two types of animals in the wild. Animals with the eyes on the front of their head and animals with the eyes on the side of their head. And here's the saying, eyes in front like to hunt, eyes on the side like to hide. So the lions and tigers and bears, they're predators. They're going after what they want, they're hungry. And Bambi has the eyes on the side like a deer or a chipmunk or a bunny, they're just, oh my God. So what are we gonna be today? Are we gonna be predator or prey, predator or prey? Are we gonna go after what we want or are we gonna be afraid of being attacked? So now we're gonna have the most important test of your life. I want you to open up your little brown paper bag and see if your eyes are in the front or eyes are on the side. And as they take it out and they look and say, each and every one of you is on this team because your eyes are in the front. You were born to be a better predator. You were born to be hungry. You were born to go for it. And we were born to win today. Doc,
2: fantastic. And then we slam all our mirrors down on the floor and bust them and run out and whip somebody. (laughs) (laughs) The only problem is this, Doc. I know some of my kids are going to listen to this podcast. And now when I pull that off, they're going to think I'm not original, but that's okay.
0: You know, like I'm going to give you uh, a, pass. Let, well, let me well, ask it, you this. It doesn't matter. I'm the best, uh, the best theft of stories in the world. And l- I'd like to say, i uh, like to thank Gene Zanetti, the great Gene Zanetti for that story.
2: Let me ask you this, you know, and one of the things that you've taught me probably first and foremost is the power of stories. Yeah. When did you first, When did you first come to understand and think stories can change the world? And, you know, and this is a more do you have a way, you know, like are your stories on paper? You know, and I'm sitting here looking at two books that you've written and I know there's more. And I got a question about that, too. But I've also thought, like, do you have stories organized? Do you have do you have them on manila folders? You know, like, number one, when did. Stories become a big part of your life. And number two, are they organized?
0: Well, the stories I realized that when I was um teaching for a while, and my old students would come back, I'd say, What do you remember most about my class? And they they never said, Oh, you know, when you told us that Shakespeare was born in 1564 and died in 1616, that really nobody ever told me of you know, the Krebs cycle changed my life why call us a strange life right. you know <laughs> the layers of the germ is strange right by... no it's always the stories they remember the stories and then if they don't remember the stories if they remember an incident that happened they're telling me a story so stories i mean there was a guy a couple of thousand years ago that he was a teacher and he went around telling parables Yep, and we t- still talk about him and his stories and his parables in his name with Jesus. Okay. So surely, if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for this Jewish guy from New Jersey. You know.
2: Amen. Amen. I love them. Do you have them? Is there any
0: organization of them? Well, How do you keep you are going to be the first person I tell this to? Uh, what I'm doing now is I'm putting together a six inch folder of all my handouts and all my notes oh. and everything. Wow. And I'm, 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 I'm going to just sell that. That's going to be my, you know, because the good news about teaching at Montclair State is I really love it and I'm really close to New York. The bad news is we don't have doctoral programs. So I don't have any, I don't have any like mentees. I have undergraduates sure. and graduate students, but I don't have anybody I closely, closely work with that I would pass all of. So I, I have this need to, you know, to pass this stuff on. Sure.
2: Well, I'm gonna tell you what. You can you can sign me up first. I'll be the first person to purchase that. I can promise you, man, cuz it is fantastic. I'm gonna, but while we're here on stories, a couple more that some of my favorites, okay? And see if if you can share it or what it means to you. But and I don't know if you do this every Valentine's Day. Maybe you do. But the story on Valentine's Day of the guy that gets on the bus i mean it's one of my favorites ever could you
0: could you share that one well you know one of the criticisms people say well they know that story on valentine's day when i'm coming up to valentine's day they say make sure you tell that story just like as we mentioned springsteen you know um people have heard born to run that gets the biggest ovation they want to hear it people want to hear the same story over and over again so i've been telling this story for over 30 years Mm. and um so the story is uh there's a bus through an inner city um in boston and um the bus is pretty packed and this old 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 man gets on and he tries to find a seat close to the front and he's carrying a dozen beautiful roses so he sits next to a college kid and the college said, oh, those are beautiful roses, you know, and today's Valentine's Day. Uh, is that for your wife? He said, yeah. And the older man said, do you have a girlfriend? And he said, yeah. And he holds up a card. And He said, yeah, but all I all I could afford is this card for her. And he said, you know, I don't want to act like an old man, but when you get older, you realize it's not it's not it's not the roses of the card. It's the thought. So if you write a nice little uh, note in the card, that will be more than five dozen roses. And he said, oh, thank you so much. I think I'll do that. So then they're riding in silence. Then it comes time for the old man to get off the bus. And it's kind of hard for him to get up. And then he gives the roses to the young man. And he says, I want you to give these to your girlfriend. My wife wants you to give these to your girlfriend. And before... The young kid could say anything. The old man is off the bus and the young kid watches the old man cross the street and enter the gates of a cemetery.
2: Mm. Man. Hey, one of my favorites. And I listened to that, you know, on a Valentine's day and I thought, wow, man, how powerful a story, you know, and that story is, I mean, there's so many meanings in that story, you know, serving others. Yeah. No, um it is
0: sure,
2: I, I absolutely love it. Okay, one more that I want to bring up. Let,
0: let, let me give you a story that you've never heard. Ooh. And um because when I'm doing my I'm doing like archaeology, going through all my files on computer and going through all my files. Uh uh it, it, right next to me, you see all these files, this whole yep. file cabinets. You've never heard this because I haven't told this story in 20 years. All right. Um so well, I did I did tell on my hotline the other day. So there are three cowboys and the sun is down and they ate dinner and they're way out on the on the prairie and they're sitting around a campfire and then they start talking about who's the toughest cowboy in the world and one of them says i'm the toughest cowboy he said you know just a couple of weeks ago back at the ranch a bull got loose and he started goring he gored three cowboys and killed them. and i jumped over the fence i tackled the bull i pulled him down by his uh, uh, by his horns. And we got him back in the pen. And the other guy said, wow, that's pretty impressive. And the second cowboy said, you know, I was walking along the trail the other day and this 15-foot state, rattlesnake came up and was just ready to attack me. So I reached down, I grabbed it by his neck, I stared him straight in his eyes, and then I bit his head off and spit it out. The other two guys said, wow, that's impressive. And then the third guy who was stirring the red orange hot coals with his hands said you know i don't have anything close <laughs> to that
2: <laughs> so it's more about what you do than yeah. what you say yeah, yeah what, you,
0: what, what you what you uh do speak so loudly i can't hear what you say
2: yeah you're not going to believe this but i had that written down um, that was going to be the next story I asked you about because I listened to it and heard it. And I thought, wow, you know, if you want to think about, you know, sports related and you want to talk about mental toughness, that's fantastic. All right, Randy. Jackson.
0: Well, let me just tell you one thing that I didn't tell that story that well. I told the Valentine's Day story well because I've told it a thousand times. I didn't tell that story. I probably only told that story in its new incarnation maybe about five or ten times. So if you want to become a good storyteller, tell stories.
2: Tell stories a lot. All right, Randy Jackson, I, I told him that I was doing this and he wanted me to ask you a question. Okay, so this is his question where did you get the like he, he said you helped his book tremendously you know he's written that new book about his time in germany as a football coach blah 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 and he said you helped him so much and you know the question is where did you get the writing skills along with the sports psychology you know like what where did the writing skills come from
0: well um i don't know if you've ever seen this Guardian Caps are lightweight, one-size-fits-all football helmet covers for practice. They reduce 20 to 33% of the impact, depending on the speed and the location. Great for the repetitive subconcussive blows that add up throughout the week. Also great for body blows. Used by Clemson, Penn State, Washington, Oklahoma, 150 other colleges, and about 2,000 high schools across the country. Also protect that helmet. If your helmets are getting beat up at the end of the year, Guardian Caps can help protect that helmet investment. Well, it's in pieces. Did you ever see this kind of magazine? Bits and pieces, no. Nope. You know, it's a small magazine and it was my favorite magazine because all it was, was quotes, quotes, anecdotes and stories. That's all it was. And then one day there's an article about me in the newspaper and one of the vice presidents at the economics press, the publishers, they call me up and they said, we want to interview you. And they interview me and I become the editor-in-chief of Bits and Pieces. Wow. And I have like four or five, you know, copy editors working for me. So they taught me how to write. They taught me how to oh. edit. They taught me all this stuff. So, you know, I was, I was I mean, it was almost like a dream come true. I become editor of my favorite magazine. I mean, wow. that's a, that doesn't happen often.
2: That is crazy. You know, Let me ask you this, because I was going to ask you this like, okay, I'm searching, like, I've bought, you know, like, I've obviously for a long time, I've had this, um, read this book tonight to help win tomorrow and think better, win more. But I also saw this, um, the best of bits and pieces. Okay, but the problem is on Amazon, that Joker is $100. Like, it is expensive. Like, I guess I just need to pay $100 and get it, huh? Like, is there any way to get
0: the magazines? I didn't do the bets of bits and pieces. I did more of the be- best of bits and pieces and i did even more of the best of its yes.
2: pieces. yes that's what so, that's what i was running across yeah well i'm gonna say that would be fantastic
0: that's one that i do not have well let me tell you that in the early days we got a lot of reprint requests from people from a couple of guys who were writing the book called chicken soup for the soul yep and we sold the best of bits and pieces and more of the best of bits and pieces we sold it to our subscribers, nobody there ever thought, "Wow!" That, I mean, we had bits and pe- we had chicken soup for the Fo- soul before wow. chicken soup for the soul, and nobody in that whole organi- organization thought that this might be a good idea to put in the bookstores. You know?
2: Wow. <laughs> well, I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy that when I get off here. Let me let me ask you something else. I'm in the market for. At one point in time, there was these red, white, and blue cards.
0: Oh uh, yeah, wind cards.
2: Wink cards. Where do you where do you get wink cards from? Where do I get my wink cards?
0: Well, here's what they look like, and yeah. and then there are 50 cards with a 50 secrets of sports psychology, and then everybody gets a card, and then you actually peel them open, peel them open like this, and there's yeah. a little. So, could you read what it says?
2: Let's see. Do it. Do it right. Do it right now. Yep.
0: Yeah. So everyone yeah. has like that. So, <clears throat> to tell you the truth. I have three boxes left out of 10,000 boxes. Wow. But I am thinking of, even though they haven't been done since 1983, I'm thinking of redoing them.
2: Yeah, that would be awesome. I can see that. I mean, that's a, that's an awesome, uh, yeah. Oh, you know, like the messages and. So know, I realized that we're
0: visuals for an audio audience. <laughs> yes,
2: no doubt. Well, I think the visual was great. You know, like. It was awesome. All right, let me ask you this. One of my favorite stories that you share, that that another, you know, like when I pull out my uh, money clip, my phone's got a money clip on the back of it, which yeah. they can't see, but we can see. But when I go into it and pull out my goals yeah. for the year, okay, like I told them with me, every time I pull out my debit card, it slips out and I see them. The uh, Milk Campbell story, one of my favorites.
0: Well, Milt Campbell, for my money, is the greatest athlete who ever lived in the history of the world. Wow. So imagine it's the beginning of your junior year in high school and uh, the kid next to you is Milt. You say, hey, Milt, what did you do over the summer? He said, I was in Helsinki, Finland. Well, what in the world were you doing in Helsinki, Finland? I won a silver medal in the decathlon. So between in sophomore and junior year in high school, he wins a silver medal in the decathlon. Four years later, he's at Indiana University. He becomes the first American to win a gold medal in the decathlon. He's in the Swimming Hall of Fame. He played for the Cleveland Browns. He played uh, football in Canada. He has a black belt in judo. Uh, he probably could have won if he just concentrated in the 440. He probably could have won a gold medal in that if he just focused on that. I mean, you know, Unbelievable. And then later in life, he's no longer with us. Later in life, if you were saw him walking down the street and he was in front of you, you'd say, that must be a New York Giant football player. That must be a Jet. He was like 6'4, six, four, six, four half maybe 225, like the most athletic body you've ever seen. And um, you know, just unbelievable. So he's done everything in sports. So one time I coerced him to come to my class. So He's speaking for a while, and he's just very impressive. And um, he says, "How many of you uh, people have goals?" And everybody put their hand up. He said, "How many of you have ever written down your goals?" And almost everybody put their hand up. He said, "How many of you have your written down goals with you on a card right now, in your wallet, in your purse, in your pocket?" Nobody put their hand up. he said, "This is a secret." And he showed his goal card. He said, "Like in 1950, what was it, 52?" I had a little card that said, I will win the gold medal in the Helsinki Olympics, you know? Mm. I mean, so when you have a card, that, now the secret is it has to be with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So when you take a shower, you have to put it in a plastic bag. When you're working out, you put it in your sock. When you sleep, you put it under your pillow. And is this a pain in the neck? Yes. But just like a coach, is a pain in the neck. It's a constant and continuous reminder of what you want. So that's why it works. You have a constant and continuous reminder.
2: Well, I've shared that story a ton, you know, when I speak to different groups or whatever, because just like that, when you ask them, do you have them written down on you? Nobody really raises their hand, you know, and, and- I'll,
0: I'll tell you, anybody listening, if you sell, send a self-addressed stamped envelope, so I'm going to give you my address, but in the in, in the envelope, you have to be give me an envelope with your, your uh, address on it and have a few stamps on it. And I'll send you about 25 gold cards. Or if you need more, just tell me you need more. So my address is Rob Gilbert, G-I-L-B-E-R-T, Department of Exercise Science, Montclair State University, M-O-N-T-C-L-A-I-R. Yes, I will repeat this. Montclair State University, Montclair, New Jersey 07043. So Rob Gilbert, Department of Exercise Science, Montclair State University, uh, Montclair, New Jersey, 07043. And I'll send you a whole set of cards that you could use with your players.
2: What was the zip code one more time?
0: 07043.
2: Got it. Hey, let me do this while we're here because I have not given it out yet. And I will put all this in the show notes too so everybody listening can um, pull it up. I'll put that and as, as well as the success hotline phone number is 973-743-4690. 973-743-4690. In my phone, I just labeled it success hotline. And one thing I have learned, you know, one one of the ways to create habits is to tie it into something else. So my habit for listening to success hotline is when my key goes into my ignition of my truck in the morning time, when I turn my key on, I dial that phone number and it works out, you know, like I, 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 I'm not going to say like you doc, you know, if I, if I skip brushing my teeth every once in a while, I probably skip calling every once in a while too. But man, like when my key goes into the ignition, that's my thought. And that's my, that's the first thing I listen to on my way in, to work. Now, sometimes, doc, that gets me, it bites me because I go into work at about 5 30, 5 5.00, o'clock, 5 30. So sometimes I have missed out on the free seminars that you offer. And I've been in a bunch of the free seminars, but sometimes I get the message um a day, yeah. left, right? Because I call so dang early. So I need to change my habit. But um, I'll tell you something else that I have, you know, about you that is awesome is if you become a caller to the success hotline every so often, you're going to get an opportunity to be coached up by doc in some skill that matters, whether it's relaxation, whether it's memory. I'm going to tell you what I took two classes with you that you just offered for free on memory. Oh my Lord. It changed my life. Like I went back to school and I started doing the, uh, things that you taught with our kids and they were absolutely amazed, you know, and it wasn't, one of the things you've always said is, and and this is a formula, okay. That uh, like in math, the X plus Y equals Z formula didn't really do oh. a lot for me. Um, e plus R equals O changed my life. This is another one that came from you that kind of changed my life is, a plus. Well, a.
0: Did you say the x plus y plus z didn't do a lot for you? No, I didn't do a lot for me. Okay, dog. so let me, let me tell you that. So Einstein was once asked, "What's the secret of success?" He said, "Well, I have a formula: a equals x plus y equals z. X a is success. X is working hard. Y is playing hard, and z is keeping your mouth shut."
1: <laughs>
0: and one of my students said, "You know, I was in a guy's office, and he had a plaque on the wall with a replica of a fish." And under the fish, it said, if I had kept my mouth shut, I'd still be swimming.
2: <laughs> yeah, no joke. That's a fact. <laughs> well, there's probably some math teachers out there wishing I'd get my mouth shut, but that's okay. But this formula you taught me that yeah. has, has worked, A plus S plus G-O-Y-A equals R. Okay, yeah. like that's a formula that matters because what that formula taught me was like the listening classes um, or the memory classes that you gave, is we are not lacking the ability. We are lacking the strategy. So after taking the class, I was able to memorize one half. I probably could have done the whole thing, but me and my wife were traveling and the brackets to the NCAA tournament came out, right? 64 teams. And me and my wife memorized the entire right side of the bracket because we had a strategy to do so. And it was, you know, not complicated. It was rather easy and fun. You know, the, uh, what's the, uh, the, the, the Statue of Liberty uh, yeah. story, you know, the like, unbelievable. So when you become a hotline caller and you get these things for free and I will on a Saturday night, me and my wife will, sit there and jump in a class, um, of what, uh, relaxation, um, I, there's been tons that I've jumped into that have benefited me, you know, so that's another way that you absolutely help people in this world and you are making a huge difference. I can promise you that.
0: Well, you hit the nail on the head. That's probably the one most important thing I want to get that life is not a talent game. Life is a strategy game, but because of, the ads we see on TV and the teachers we have and the coaches, we we kind of stop believing Oh, I have a lot of ability or I don't have ability or I'm gifted and talented. We're all gifted and talented. You know, like this happens every semester. A student comes to my office. And they said, oh, you got to help me have a terrible memory. I said, no, 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 you don't have a terrible memory. You don't have a trained memory. And once you train your memory, you'll have a terrific memory. So you could go from terrible to terrific with training. And but most people say, "Oh, I'm uh, I'm an anxious person." No, your person has learned how to relax. Yep. So there are strategies for everything, and that's why if you're a football coach, you'd have to be nuts not to go to all these conventions to yep. learn from the Chris Yeagers of the world. Yep. Yeah. You know?
2: Let me ask you this the, on that on that topic. Um, one time you were sitting in an audience somewhere, and you saw a guy shove an ice pick through his nose into the back of his head and <clears> you had this thought man I sure would like to be able to do that now I don't know why you had that thought <laughs> but how but how did you learn how to do that because I for one now everybody listening on the podcast is not going to get to see this because you're on a podcast okay but trust me I have seen Dr Gilbert in class take an ice pick of a solid ice pick hit it in top of the desk and then insert it in his nose and drive it all the way through to the back of his head. How did you learn how to do that? Because I don't think you were born to know how to do that,
0: right? I mean- Well, that proves the point, but let me just say this. Why do I want to do this? Because I want to be a great teacher, but there is nothing I could do better than YouTube. YouTube has better speakers, smarter people, better looking. I mean, I can't compete with YouTube. (laughs) But there's something i could do that you two can't do i could kill myself right in front of my students <laughs> so when i take when I take my ice pick and i say i'm going to jam this totally into my nose it's sort of like a, a car crash you don't want to look but you can't right. not look right i mean you know they, they they go like this they put their hands over their eyes but they're still peeking through the cracks so <laughs> i find things that they cannot not look at so um, basically, the guy that showed me that was a great entertainer, uh, and he's an expert uh, on uh, sideshow art, and uh, his name is Todd Robbins, and I said, i, re- I got to learn that, i got to learn that. He said, where do you live? I said, Jersey. He said, oh, I'm right by Port Authority, New York. Call me up, and uh, or email me, and we'll make an appointment, and I said, I'll pay whatever you want, and um, I emailed him. He never got back to me me i emailed i emailed him 38 times he never got back to me on the 39th time we made an appointment i spent three hours with him all he wanted me to do was buy him lunch he's the nicest guy in the world but do not do this people have died doing this he trained me so i have the ability to do it and i and he had the right strategies for me to learn you have the ability to do it but don't do it because you don't know the strategies and i'm not going to teach it to anybody because it's too dangerous
2: yeah, it is amazing. And, and let's repeat that. Don't don't do it like yeah. you you actually tried to coach me up in that. And I started in the process and I quit. OK, like I no, just I don't know. I'm not tough enough, Doc. Let me ask you this, Doc, like other things that I know you've done because you are someone who's going to grab attention. Right. So in your classes, you know, like you learned how to you you gained the strategy for ripping uh playing cards like how did you learn how to give me the strategy you know how did you learn to take a deck of cards and completely rip them in half
0: well i know that you probably have a lot of callers from texas because texas football coaches are the most curious they are the best coaches in the world and i know you're from missouri Sure, sorry texas and um Right outside of Houston, there's a guy named Dennis Rogers. He's the greatest strongman who ever lived in the history of the world, just like I think that Milk Campbell. And so what do I do? I don't want to be a strongman, but I go to one of his shows and I see him rip a deck of cards and say, I want to learn that. <laughs> now, the thing is, he ripped a deck of cards while they were in the box. They were duct tape, duct tape both ways. And he put on gloves, and he ripped them. That's how strong this guy is. Wow. And he's not one of these. He's like 5'7", five, 5'8", five, 160 pounds. And he is. So I went to one of his seminars. He taught me how to do it. And wow. it took a lot of training. And I hate to say this, but I haven't been practicing. And I don't know if I'll ever do it again. Sure. Because I I could do it. But I, I think I'm going to have a stroke. So sure. um, I, I'm buying all these finger exercise things off the Internet. The, uh, to, because I want to get my my hand strength back.
2: Hey, I'm gonna tell you what one of the greatest things about you um, to me is what you just said you're buying things right now to get your hands strength your fingers back up like wow you know like one of well, and, you know in the name of the name of the podcast is never stop getting better. You know, like one of my desires is to wake up every single day and try to be better, continue to grow, continue to serve, continue to give back. You know, like that is a huge part of why I even wanted to do this in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely huge. Well, we're coming to a close. It's been an hour. (laughs) Don't, Don't hurt yourself. As he rips as he rips a deck of cards.
0: I ripped a half a deck of cards. Well, okay. half
2: a deck of cards, but whatever. It's pretty dang good. Um, as we're coming to a close, Doc, I want you to know how grateful I am for the influence that you've been on me, man. Like, And I know I speak for a ton of folks, man, that you have influenced in such a positive manner. And um, my wife was supposed to go to New York with the theater group here about a week or two ago. And actually we got sidetracked by a little um, event that had happened, but I had the thought of flying up there to spend a couple of days. And I wanted to come see you because one of my, one of my goals is to come meet you face to face because you have been so instrumental in my life. And, and again, you don't, people don't know what, other people do for them. You know what I'm saying? So I just want you to understand how grateful I am for what you have um, done to me. This is the last story I would like for you to tell. Well,
0: before we end up, before the last story, I want to offer anybody that spent so much time listening to us, I want to give you an offer. One of the fun things I do is, and I'm not talking about getting paid. I'll do this for free. If you're in a situation where you have to give a talk like an award spank order something, and, you know, something 5, 10, 15 minutes, and you have no idea what to do, you know, or it's a day before a big game. You have no idea what to say to the team. Um, I love when people call me up and say, Dr. Gilbert, i give got to give this talk in 20 minutes, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yep. I mean, or a day. So um, I will come up with some strategy, some technique, some story, some game, some something. That will work. And nobody has ever told me I didn't help them. People hmm. have not got back to me, but nobody ever said I hurt them, you know? Uh, so I would be very happy. My personal cell, cell number is 973 985 4138. So 973 985 4138. And the closer it is to the event, the more exciting it becomes for me.
2: <laughs> hey, ladies and gentlemen, think about this. My man just gave you his personal number and said you can call him when you give a speech. And let me say this I am one of those that has done it. I called him, you know, three days before a, a speech I was going to give on a Saturday, you know, and he spent over an hour, close to two hours with me, helping me with my speech. And then, you know, like you go give the speech and people think, man, you did such a great job. And, you know, like, man, I had a coach. You know, like he's telling you, he will coach you up too, you know. So if you get in a pinch, trust me, man, he can do things and help you do things that will grab the attention of the audience. He's made a life out of it teaching that class. My last story I want you to tell because this is one of my favorites and I think it matters, and I don't really know if this is a story. I don't know how you've used this in the past, but you were a wrestler, I think. Dan Gables was a wrestler, I think. What was the difference between you and Dan Gable?
0: Well, you think <laughs> Dan Gable was Tom Brady? My bad. Ed Smith, <laughs> Norman Dan, <laughs> Brockland, yes. Otto Graham, all put together in one person. Yes. So Dan Gable is the greatest American coach and wrestler in history. Sure. And if you want to argue with me, I'm right, you're wrong. No argument. Mm-hmm. But okay, so you want the Dan Gable story? Yes. Okay. So, um, I was a college wrestler at the same time, but uh, you know, they say a legend in his own time. I mean, Dan Gable, uh, there are only two people I know that had museums to them while they were alive. Right on our campus, we had Yogi Berry Museum while Yogi was alive, and I think in West Waterloo, Iowa, there's a Dan Gable Wrestling Museum, and so this guy was a superstar, state champion ncaa champion olympic champion not only olympic champion he wasn't scored upon that would be like throwing three no hitters in the world series if you're a pitcher so anyway and i was nothing <laughs> i was i was a bump on the log i was well below average and so and all my whole life and this is one of the things that got me interested in sports psychology I mean, why was Dan Gable so great? And I wasn't, I I, I didn't deserve to breathe the same air he breathed. (laughs) So anyway, he's giving a talk at Hamilton High School in South Jersey. It was an early December. It was wet. It was cold. It was rainy. It was snowing. And I'm not, I'm not good at directions. And, you know, I can't even follow a GPS. So it takes me about two, two and a half hours to get there. And he's in the middle of his talk. And, you know, he's great. And then after the talk, I don't think people came to the talk. I think people, they they signed his Dan Gable wrestling shoes and they did Dan, Dan Gable book and all this stuff. And um, so I wait and I wait. And finally, after about two hours, everybody clears out of the gym. And the only people left there are me, Dan Gable, and the organizers. And so I approach him. I said, Dan, I have a very, very strange question to ask you. Is that all right? And he's a very sweet, kind guy. Even though he's a combative sport, he's a very sweet, kind man. Uh, And very humble. And uh, he said, you can ask me anything. I said, well, you and I went to college at the same time and you won everything. And I won nothing. (laughs) I said, what's the difference between us? He said, well, you know, where'd you go to school? I said, I went to school at UMass. And he said, I went to Iowa State. Like, I didn't know that. Right. And he said, no, what time did you practice? Uh, Like four to six, four to six thirty. He said, yeah, we did too. He said, what did your coach have you do at the end of practice? He said, um, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes of conditioning. He said, yeah, we did too. He said, after practice is over, what did you do? He said, well, to tell you the truth, I crawled back to my locker. I took off my sweating gear. I took a shower, got dressed, and I went to the dining hall to get dinner. He said, that's the difference. Hmm. When practice was over, I jacked up the heat in the wrestling room so it was as high as it could be. I went back to my locker. I put on a rubber suit. I put on a hoodie. I put on sweatpants and then... I got my jump rope, and I started jumping rope until I passed out. Now, mm-hmm. here's a guy jumping rope. He's, ta- he's not jumping rope for 15 minutes. He, I'm going to jump rope until I passed out. Now, the thing is, he was in such great shape. He never passed out. So when he said, I'm going to jump rope until I pass out, I see, like, two of these balloon things they have in cartoons. And on the left balloon, I see Dan Gable jumping rope like a maniac. And the right balloon, I see Rob Gilbert eating a pork chop. <laughs> so, so who deserves to be an olympic champion who is extreme who's doing more than expected so dan gable is getting ready to win an olympic gold medal and i'm getting ready to be fatter you know I mean, <laughs> so I, that's that's the thing and i totally totally admired dan gable and one of the things we didn't talk about is um last weekend i wrote a one-word book on how to be ultra successful in any or anything, in every and anything you do. And it I could write the book on the weekend because remember, I said it's a one word book. Yep. So there's only one word in the book. So what do you think the word is, Coach? Extreme. Extreme, you gotta be extreme. Dan Gable was extreme, Rob Gilbert wasn't. So if you go back over this podcast, every single story we talked about in some way or another, like the cowboy moving the, the coals with his hand, that's extreme. You know, Milt Campbell was extreme. So you got to do more, more, more than expected.
2: Hey, Doc, you might not have been extreme as a college wrestler, but you are extreme as a sports psychologist, as a professor, as a teacher, as a leader, as a influencer of people. You are 10 times extreme, if that's if that's possible. Man, I'm so thankful. And the, I think the Dan... Gable's story is a great way to us to sell off into the sunlight because, oh my gosh, you know, like that is what makes Tom Brady, Tom Brady. That is what makes Dan Gables, Dan Gables. They are extreme. They are not doing things like everybody else is doing them. They are on purpose, getting better every
0: single day of their life. Do I have time for one more? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is from Bits and Pieces. Yep. Okay, I'm going to tell you the biography of a person's life, but I'm not going to tell you who he is. He failed in business at age 22. He ran for the state legislature and lost when he was 23. He failed in business again when he was 24. He was elected to the legislature when he was 25. His sweetheart, the woman he was going to marry, died when he was 26. He had a nervous breakdown when he was 27. He was defeated for speaker at 29. He was defeated for electorate at age 31. He was defeated for Congress at age 34. He was elected to Congress, hooray, at 37. But in his uh, rerun for re-election, he was defeated for Congress at age 39. He was defeated for Senate at age 46. He was defeated for vice president at age 47. He was defeated for Senate again at age 49. And at age 51, this man was elected president of the United States. You know who that is, Coach?
2: That would be one Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. And so
0: now you have been inoculated against ever feeling defeated. I mean, you have resilience now. For all you have to do is think of Honest Abe Lincoln bouncing back, bouncing back, bouncing back. That's called resilience,
2: no doubt. F- failed his way all the way to the presidency.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, we probably have listeners who did not know who that was, but. Me being a caller of the hotline for many years, I've heard that and learned that and use that with our players. Because the one thing I don't want our players to do is to be scared to fail. You know, like if if you're not trying, um, you know, you're not failing. If you're not failing, you're not trying. Like you got to you got to you got to try things, man, because that's how we all learn and get better. Um, man, thank you one more time. You're fantastic, man. I'm I'm great. I'm great grateful that you you know honored me by doing this and I am still gonna hire you to help me write my book I'm I'm, I got stuck on chapter two okay so Randy Jackson's like you gotta hire him I am going to do that you know I just I wanted to get this podcast off the ground and rolling and I had to hire a coach for that you know like I do believe sometimes we have to hire coaches to help us be better and so I am gonna do that um but for our listeners man y'all please subscribe rate Share the podcast with other folks that might want to get better and grow. And more than anything, send me feedback, man. We're early on. Tell me how I can do better. Tell me how I can be better. Help you um, learn to be better. Until next time,
0: adios amigos.